welcome to another edition of the NCBI podcast. I'm June Tinsley, Head of Communications and Advocacy with NCBI. And today I have the pleasure of having a chat with Sarah McGowan, who was originally from Waterford, but um, has travelled quite a lot and is talking to me today from Canada. So very welcome, Sarah, and thanks for taking the time to have a chat with me. Yeah, good morning. Lovely to talk to you. Good, good, good. Um, so I suppose just from the, the listener's perspective, would you mind just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got yourself from all the way from Waterford to Canada? Yeah, so I, uh, my name is Sarah McGowan. I'm 21 uh, years old. Um, I, I am currently studying law and political science uh, at Trinity and I'm currently on exchange for a, a semester in Queen's University in Kingston in Canada. Um, I'm visually impaired. Uh, I, my condition is called Libra's congenital amaurosis, um, which is a genetic condition and I've had it since birth. Um, I'm also a guide dog user, so I'm not here alone. I have my guide dog, Mossy, with me, um, who is great company. Um, and yeah, it's been quite a journey. Um, so, and tell yeah, me, Sarah, I, if you're studying um, law, is that in in Ireland, and you're just doing this semester in Canada? Uh, yeah. So I study my. I generally study in Trinity. I'm in third year um, of my law and political science degree. Uh, over here, I'm only studying law. I did a full semester of political science last semester, and so I'm just studying law over here in in Queens for this semester. Amazing, amazing. And, and how has it been for you um, being in Trinity with, with a vision impairment and versus being in Kingston University with a vision impairment? Um, to be honest, I would say it's probably better over here in Canada. Um, they just seem a bit more advanced in terms of acceptance over here, which is kind of lovely. Um, like when I'd be walking in the streets or whatever or around in shops and things there's a lot more acceptance first of all of Mossy as a guide dog in terms of I don't get questioned about him uh, you know I don't get challenged about bring him into places or things like that there's a bit more acceptance over here um, in terms of services and things I pretty much get the same um, accommodations I've linked in with the uh, accessibility services over here in the same way as I linked in um, in Trinity with the accessibility services which are great um, and you get I have a whole report of different things that I get for exams and um, within classes and things like I get to record lectures and I get slides in advance and they have um, pretty good uh, software for your computer as well over here so and did you find the um, kind of moving from from Waterford to to Dublin to kind of um, participate in college any more or less overwhelming than the move from from Dublin to Canada? Um, moving from Waterford to Dublin wasn't particularly major for me in terms of I always knew I wanted to travel and I wanted to move away. Um, so I had kind of, my 
mother had always kind of raised me to be independent. Um, I went on my first trip abroad alone with um, the IHCPT, which is the a children's foundation that brings, um, say, children with disabilities to Lourdes um, when I was 11. That was the first time I ever went abroad kind of by myself without any family or anything. And I love that. Um, and so I've always kind of been raised to be independent and do things for myself. Um, so moving from Waterford to Dublin, I also had sisters in Dublin. Um, one of my sisters goes to uh, DCU and the other goes to Dunleary. So I had them uh, kind of up there the previous year to kind of show me the ropes and things in terms of public transport and all of that. But so that wasn't particularly um major there is a few things like in terms of i will i will always opt for the lewis over the bus because um i just find personally it's easier in terms of i can't actually read which bus i'm getting on and things and when i first moved up to dublin asking people uh for help was quite daunting um and i just didn't i i, I just hated kind of asking going up to people and asking say which bosses it was or whatever so I always just kind of opt for the Lewis um but uh yeah so moving up to Dublin wasn't particularly traumatic moving to Canada wouldn't have been uh except for I had a bit of an incident in the airport trying to get Mossy to Canada um my guide dog um yeah. Because they didn't in we had a stopover flight and to get it so we stopped we flew from Dublin to Heathrow and then Heathrow to Toronto. Um but in Heathrow Airport they didn't have adequate facilities for my dog to go out. Uh so we ended up having to delay uh our flight and take him out through security and bring him out. And it was, that was a very stressful day. So the actual concept of just moving as a student from Ireland to Canada, say if you're just like, um, if, if you were just like a long cane user, um, you know, didn't have a guide dog or even just a direct flight or I don't know. It, as a concept, it's fine. It was just my journey was not made easier by the fact that services were not provided in Heathrow Airport. Um, okay. And tell me then, obviously, um, as you mentioned, your sisters, having your sisters in Dublin certainly helped build your confidence in navigating Dublin as a city. Um, arriving in Toronto um, and the, the university where the... It, it was all 100% new to you. Um, how did you find the, the confidence to, to find your way around either the campus or um, the city? Um, yeah, so my mom, my mother uh, came over with me in January uh, to Toronto and we spent a while in Toronto and then we um, got the bus down to Kingston. Um, and basically, I'm older and I, that time in Dublin um, has kind of taught me things like Google Maps, say, with the with the audio directions and stuff. I just put that in my 
earphones and then as I'm walking it directs me so I'm able to navigate a lot better and having lived in Dublin before I moved away and having that kind of security net of if I somehow get lost in Dublin you know I can call my sisters and they can kind of help me out or whatever um has taught me you know I developed the skills of kind of navigating around and also I'm a bit more confident about kind of asking people for help so my mom came over um and so she kind of brought helped me move into Kingston but as it happened everything was actually in lockdown uh so we couldn't do much kind of campus navigation or any of that uh, and while she was here so I've had to do that all independently myself and it's actually been the first time I've ever kind of had to do that without a kind of security net of like I didn't know anybody when I moved over here so the people now are so friendly and so um you know just helpful and kind so I feel like I could just go up to somebody and ask them for directions and I have done that a couple of times um and they're they're lovely and really helpful um but I think having moved to Dublin it's kind of made this transition to a different country a lot less you know I've kind of I've done it in steps instead of one big kind of leap so yeah, it's definitely been that's very yeah so once you finished in Kingston and Toronto um, and come back to Dublin finish your degree um, you've obviously fully experienced traveller is there any other place you'd like to head next um I don't know to be honest um like I obviously love holidays and things but in terms of where I want to go and where I want to live I'm not entirely sure because that entirely depends on um my say career choices or whatever and I have no idea to be honest what I'm going to do next year when I graduate um but uh I'm not like opposed to the idea in any way uh of like if I was given a job offer abroad like I wouldn't turn it down because it's abroad or anything like that um you're just open to any of the opportunities that come your way yeah basically fair play to you fair play to you um and tell me sorry do, do you have any residual vision at all I do yes uh so my vision um it's very changeable in terms of I there is no measurement for my vision um because I'm very light sensitive um so if it's any way darker or artificial light or things like that, I see way better. If it's really bright and sunny, I'm practically blind. Um, so it's very, my my vision uh, very much depends on uh, the light. Um, I'm also completely colorblind. I have absolutely like no notion of colors whatsoever. Um, and I do have nystagmus, but that's, um, I've learned to control that, um, yes. which I was told when I was younger, I shouldn't uh, be able to, but I have learned to control that uh, like quite a lot. Um, and when I was younger, I was also told my vision was going to deteriorate and I was going to be blind by the time I was uh like 20 but that's clearly not the case um which is great yeah um my vision is very stable um 
so yeah I like I, I I use large print and I I rely on my vision quite a lot actually um which probably helps but so like there are times when I go out particularly when it's very sunny and say if it's snowing over here and it reflects off the snow I'm I'm, I'm practically blind I've basically no functional vision so mossy helps me in those particular situations so and to be fair um the the snow in canada is far more um frequent than snow in ireland so um how is mossy coping with significant depths of snow um he's grand because actually they have the 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 snow isn't really a bother they have it all um kind of plowed away from the streets a lot of the time and they okay. have basically little kind of channels um in the snow um and he has a little kind of bam to go on his paws so um that kind of helps with the um say the salt and stuff that they have on the roads um they're they're a lot more prepared for it over here uh, shall oh, we say than yes. they are at home so um it's just well, kind of all banked to the side so it's not really a bother correct yeah i mean the reality is they experience high volumes of snow year on year, so are definitely more prepared than we are. Yeah, exactly. Like they'd have a lot of snow plays and things. And um, you you tell people um, that like if they had, you know, this much snow in Ireland, the whole country would be shut down and we'd have we'd all be off school and off work and all these kind of things. And they, they kind of laugh at you. They wouldn't they, they wouldn't be able to kind of comprehend how the amount of snow we get over here can actually kind of bring Ireland to a halt almost, but um, because that's, we're a lot less prepared for it. So that's true. That's true. Um, and tell me, Sarah, if you had one piece of advice for any other student who's listening and who's thinking of doing an, an Erasmus year abroad or a semester abroad, um, would you have any, uh, what, would, what would that advice be? Um, so I'm going to give a general piece of advice for students, right? Because say, I haven't talked about my previous experience of say secondary school, primary school, all that, right? But what I have learned is advocate for yourself. Um, in terms of, I went through the process, um, through my education in general right I've had a lot of problems in terms of in I am the young was the youngest person in Ireland to ever use a cane um I my mother actually uh went to one of the highest ministers to get us a uh, just a parking badge for um, our car, which we were denied when we when I was young because they weren't given to um, blind and vision impaired people. Um, I've been denied services all through um, primary, secondary school, um, and I, my mother and I together, advocated for me, and that taught me um, to like basically just kind of advocate for myself and I wanted to 
do the best I could in education. I was raised to, you know, my my mom was adamant that she wanted me to kind of be independent, go to college, you know, um, get a good education and good job and all this. Um, and I really, I was really academic. And so I really wanted this. So if ever I was denied services or denied something I wanted, say, or, you know, I'd heard of people who'd been, who couldn't go on Erasmus because of, say, reasons to do with their disabilities or whatever. And I wouldn't accept it. Um, so I've, I've had those kind of fights and those kind of kind of battles almost. Um, mostly through secondary school, some through primary school. And like there's been a couple of times in college where you'd come up against difficulties and people say, oh, we can't do this. Oh, you know, because of your visual impairment, you know, this is going to be a lot more difficult. And it might be a bit more difficult, but it's definitely not as difficult as some people seem to think it will be or could be. So in terms of don't accept less than anybody else because and, and just don't accept um yeah don't accept no as an answer if you really want to do something because it is possible and there are ways and means and um yeah just advocate for yourself because you're the best advocate you are you know best uh your needs and your condition and your limitations uh nobody else can can tell you that uh, no matter how hard sometimes they try um so yeah that's basically my my piece of advice and in terms of Erasmus particularly um there's pretty much no reason that I can think of why any difficulties regarding blindness or visual impairment should be an impediment to uh going on Erasmus so if you want to go go and don't let anybody stop you and yeah yes. that's basically my advice um well, look, to be fair, Sarah, I mean, you, you sound very um, realistic and, and inspiring in equal measure, because um, as you rightly say, you know your own needs better than anybody else. So it's a question of trying to um, make sure that those needs needs are met um, and not to accept less than anyone else. So um, wise words indeed for, for any of our listeners who are listening um, and for any student who wishes to take the, the plunge, certainly Sarah would be a, a strong champion to recommend that uh, it is a great experience for you to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody wants to, say, get in contact with me or anything in terms of if you have any questions about, I don't know, going through the education system with a visual impairment or going on Erasmus or going to college or anything like that, like, feel free to get in contact with me as well. Um, I absolutely no problem um giving advice or uh, helping in any way I can basically um as someone who's kind of been through that so um yeah, you, you can all get in contact with me as well if you if you want to um well thank you very much Sarah for that offer um and we'll um obviously post this on our own social media channels and as you mentioned uh to me off air Mossy the dog has his own account, uh, Mossy Moments 
mossy dot moments on Instagram. Um, so we'll post it up on, on that channel as well. Um, as, as always, if any listener wishes to get in touch with NCBI services, feel free to jump onto our website, ncbi.ie, or to call our info line, 1-800-911-250. Um, and if anybody wishes to get in touch with Sarah, you can do that through the Instagram page, mossy.moments, or um, come straight back to me uh, through NCBI and I can put you in touch with Sarah. Um, but for now, Sarah, all I can say is thank you very much for your, your time and um, f- fabulous chat, chatting with you and hearing about the transition to Canada. I genuinely hope the term you have there is really worthwhile um, and I look forward to, to meeting you in, in Trinity when you return. Thanks very much. It's been lovely chatting to you.